I can tell you that you have to put value on things that are important to heaven in order to see the things of heaven. You have to put value on the portions and the moments and the times where God is moving. I, I can tell you only from experience that the things that changed my life were moments when I lingered in the presence of God, when I valued him more than I valued the clock, when I valued him more than I valued my own schedule. Amen. Someone, I know that you know this, but can I remind you? and that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And if we are in his presence, everything changes. Amen. So I want to preach to you in this vein. And I know we're getting ready for this big event and, and, and there's revival in the air and everyone's talking and everybody's reaching and everybody's inviting and, and my son's invited people. I've invited people. We're all going down as best we can to get there and have the move of the Holy Ghost. And we're thankful for answer prayers for it opening up to 5,000 people. That is truly an answer to prayer. But can I tell you that this will pass you by if you don't get involved and plug into it yourself. Amen? You have got to make room for the miraculous. And I want to talk to you for just a little bit about that, making miracle power matter. Making miracle power matter. Amen? Would you stand your feet just for a quick reading of the word of the Lord? In 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm reading from verse 11 and downward, media team. Second Kings chapter 4. If you're there, say amen. How many know this story? How many have read this passage of Scripture before? Amen. I brought my, uh, my men's study Bible, so this is a little bit different translation. I'm going to read from the screen. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite, it's a woman, Shunammite woman, and when he had called her, he stood before her. And he said unto him, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all of these of this care. They had built a room for the man of God on their house. What is what is to be done for thee? Everybody say, What can I do for you? When you make room for God, he asks a question, What can I do for you? Just put that down in your Bible that that God asks, what can I do for you when you make room for him? What is it we can, that can be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. Next verse. And he said, what then is to be done for her? He persisted. Whenever you do something for the Lord, God is persistent in blessing you. Hello, somebody. And Gehazi answered, verily she hath no child. So Gehazi found out she hath no child and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. It's interesting that she's in the doorway of change. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, 
thou man of God, do not lie unto thy maidservant. Don't get my hopes up. She's saying, I, I, I'm not able to have a baby, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, and my old man's no help. <laughs> In layman's terms, okay. <laughs> she said, it's not going to happen. And the woman conceived and bare a son at this season, and Elisha, as Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, the re- to the reapers, and he was working, and I'll just give you a paraphrase for the rest. And his head began to hurt, and he was sent home by his father, and he passed away. And she laid him on the bed in the room that she made for the prophet Elisha. And she went out to see Elisha and had him come. And the thing that he told Gehazi to do, put the stick on his mouth or the staff on his mouth and the child would be raised and happen. And because she made a room, she received a child when she couldn't. And because she made room for a miracle, she received the raising of her own son. Amen. So I want to talk to you for a little bit about the, Jesus is passing by right now. Jesus is passing by the church age. He's, he's walking by us, each one of us as the church and saying, do you want what I have available? And, and I personally in my time of prayer just began to weep before the Lord and say, do not pass me by. If there's anybody that wants to come to church today and leave and have a normal Sunday, you go ahead. I won't think anything bad of you. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and I don't intend to let that miracles walk by me and me not experience them, amen. I'm going to make a place for God because I want to make sure that I'm making miracle power matter in my life, amen. amen. Jesus, help us to minister your word to people that need to hear a rhema from God, need to hear a word for a fit time, a fit moment. This moment, Jesus, let it fit the times in which we are in, but let your word speak to us for it is life and it is spirit. And we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Elisha, who could possibly be considered a representation of the Holy Spirit since he was a man of God, The Bible says he passed by her house constantly. And apparently she was a good cook because she took him in and fed him and he came back. Isn't that like a man? Amen. You just feed them and they keep. There's not much difference between a guy and a stray cat. If you feed them, they just keep coming back. Amen. Just the way it is. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. He said. But not only was he was a man, he was a man of God. And he made, she made room for him. She went to her husband. And you can read all of this in the fourth chapter of Second Kings. She went to her husband. She said, let's make a room for this man of God. That he would not have to just come and eat and get up and go, but he could stay with us. So she was a woman of means, Scripture said. They were able to do so. They built a room for him. They put a bed in there and a table and a chair and a lamp. All the essentials were there for him to stay. And when he was laying on his bed one day, he realized, you don't take from some situation or from some environment without giving back to it. Hello, somebody. If you are okay with a free ride all your life, it is not good. You have to understand that whatever you receive from, you need to return blessings to. Amen. Does anybody know that principle from the Word of God? 
God is not mocked. Whatever you shall reap, that shall you sow. And then it, before that verse, it says, return blessing to the one that taught you. In other words, if you get seed here that sows into your life and brings a harvest, take that harvest into your home, but then take part of that harvest and sow it back into the one that gave you the seed to plant the harvest. If you have a spiritual harvest in your life, sow back into the ministry that gave you the spiritual harvest. It's a concept of the word of God. It's not self-serving for me to teach that. It is the principles of the word of God. And so we find that in scripture that he's laying there, blessed by this Shunammite woman's desire to create a space for him to rest. And he says, what can we do for her? What can we do to give back? Even the man of God recognizes that I have to sow and reap and continue to sow and reap in order to receive a blessing. And so the scripture says that that next year you're going to have a son. She, she was promised something from the prophet, amen? She said, I'll make room for him. And the prophet said, what shall I do for you? And I'm going to make room for a blessing for you. I wonder if today we can make sure that if God is moving, if God is passing by, that we make a place for him in our hearts, in our prayer life, in our worship, in our moments of dedication. Have we made enough room for him where he has returned blessing to us, where God uses then his own principle of returning to us because we've made room for him. If we will rest in his presence, if we will spend time in his presence, there is a return, brothers and sisters, there is a reward. There is something given back. Amen. And so we see this principle all throughout the word of God, not just in this story with the Shunammite woman, but we also see it in the story in Luke 18, 37, where we see Jesus has a habit of passing by. How many know that Jesus has a habit of walking on by? And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. This is the story of Jesus in Jericho where he's raising, where he actually heals a blind man. And how many know who that blind man is? It's blind Bartimaeus. Yes, all you Bible scholars, you know it. The next verse, can you get that for me? But if not, I can read it from my translation. It's just a little bit different. And Jesus approached Jericho. A blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of the crowd going past, he asked, what is happening? He could feel the energy. They told, they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was going by. He's passing by. And if he had just decided, oh, that's nice. I feel the energy in the room. I feel the energy in this space, not in the room. Obviously, we're in a room. I just misspoke. But whenever you feel something happening, and when Jesus is passing by, you have the opportunity to make miracle power matter in that moment. You have the power to say, if Jesus is here, anything can happen, and I want that for my life. So he began shouting, Jesus Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they tried to quiet him, amen? They're like, stop shouting. Stop, stop making all this noise. And some people think that there shouldn't be noise and ruckus and shouting in church. I want you to know that if you want something from the Lord, you will get desperate, amen? There is something about desperation that God responds to. If you want to know what stops God Almighty who spins planets and universes, I want to tell you it's desperation. It's not being deterred. It's saying, I will get God's attention no 
matter what it takes, I will get God's attention. That's kind of a radical, Pastor. I know it is. I know there's people that stand in this altar after church and they're crying out to God and it can feel awkward and it can feel kind of tense if you're not a person in a moment of desperation, but they are and they have a right to be. They have a right to call on their God. They have a right to shout unto God because Jesus stops and responds to desperation. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he got his miracle for crying out loud. Yeah. That's what happens in my brain <laughs> when I read stuff like this. He got his miracle for crying out loud. So I'm so grateful that we have this example because there are times when I think, well, that's inappropriate behavior. But really, there is no inappropriate behavior in desperation. Do you understand that? When someone is truly desperate, they will do anything. They will, do, they, they will lift cars off babies, amen? There will be adrenaline rush from the brain of the body that strengthens them beyond their capabilities. And they will find out later that they pulled muscles and they had tears and maybe even broke a bone from the lifting of a vehicle. I know the story off of a child that had been run over and the tire was setting on the child. Just walked up and lift the vehicle off. They cannot do that in normal life. But because they found a moment of desperation their body kicked in and said as it is created in universe as it is created in your body you can respond in moments of desperation and if we will understand that in the spirit it's the same with the physical body with creation that in the spirit when we get desperate for the things of God God will allow us to see and do things we should never be able to understand or do but because of our desperation God steps in amen man someone he said be quiet stop yelling it's inappropriate no he said i'll yell even more jesus thou son of david look at his desperation in the scriptures have mercy on me if you're gonna have mercy on anybody have mercy on me if you're gonna have mercy on any family have mercy on my family if you're gonna have mercy on any moment have mercy on this moment i'm making miracle power matter to me if it matters to no one else it's gonna I know I'm yelling today in a little Pentecostal, but you're going to just have to deal with it. Sorry, not sorry. I am not sorry at all because this is what's kept me alive. 25 years of ministry, building a church, feeling discouragement, feeling ups and downs. Sometimes I'm on top of the roller coaster. Sometimes my wife is at the bottom and we're passing each other. She's doing good. I'm not doing good. I'm doing good. She's not doing good. We're up. We're down. We're trying. We're doing. We're, we're praying. We're seeking. We're doing everything we know to do. But every single time, if I just get in a prayer closet and I just begin to call on the name of the Lord, that God will answer and he'll come through every single time. He is walking by your life and my life. Are you desperate enough to make miracle power matter in this moment? You're desperate enough. Luke 19, 1, and every, every one of these cases in Luke 19, 1, there's a situation where Zacchaeus can't see Jesus. So he runs and he climbs a tree. Hey, man, he wants to see Jesus. And Jesus entered passing through Jericho. Help me with the next verses. We know, we know that Jesus is coming through Jericho. Seems like a central theme here that Jericho's been busy with Jesus passing by, amen? And so, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he, oh, 
His riches didn't do it for him, but he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. And he could not for the press because he was a little, little man. He was a wee little man. He was a small structure, little frame. He was horizontally challenged. So he decided, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to go get a tree. Amen. I can't get up. So I'm just going to find my way, get something to help me so that I can see. And I know where he's going. So I'm going to get in a tree. And so he, he ran before and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. I wonder if we could understand that part of getting God's attention and part of stopping God in his tracks to have him do something in our life is if we get into the tree. If we go and we get, we're not big enough to get out of our sin. We're not big enough to get out of our struggle. We're not big enough to get out of the worries and the stress and the problems. But if we'll get in the tree, the tree, the cross of Christ Jesus, if we'll put ourselves and identify ourselves with that tree, if we'll follow Jesus Christ through death, burial, and resurrection, if we'll follow him and identify with his cross in our life, then we have gotten in the tree to see Jesus. We will see him and he will stop and say, today, I'm going to your house. Today, I'm doing something in your life. You will never be the same. Your riches didn't do it. Your capabilities didn't do it. Your abilities as a publican didn't do it. But now all your wisdom didn't get it to you. But now I'm going to give it to you because you put yourself in the tree, in the place where I am. There you will find miracles. I am so thankful. I'm so thankful he died on my tree. So that he could bring me up. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. That is what the scripture means. When it says, if I be lifted up. We think that's about worship. Well, lift up Jesus. If lift up Jesus, if I be lifted up, I will draw him in unto me. It means he's drawing you up. Amen. Oh, that's good. That, that fits worship. Yes, somewhat. But it's talking about this thing right here. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. In other words, my cross is everyone's cross. And if I go through it, you're coming out. Amen? So I'm thankful that I found a tree. I'm thankful I found an old rugged cross one day. I'm thankful that that miracle matters to me. I think that there's miracle power in that cross that saves, sanctifies, and delivers. I thank God that there is a work that's done at the cross that I don't even fully have the knowledge of. Maybe someday in the future in heaven, I'll see all the splendor and all the glory of the beautiful, vicious, horrible cross. But it is the work of God through Christ Jesus. Amen. It is the salvation of us on our lives and the working power of God. The raw power of God is walking through here. It walked through here earlier in the worship service. The Spirit of the Lord is here, amen? And it is possible. It is possible. Un un unbelievably, it is possible for God to walk by and you not take advantage of it. I know that's against some people's theology, and, I, and if you disagree, we're just going to cross swords here, but I, I can give you Bible for that because I know that they were in a boat and Jesus saw them. But let me just set this up just a little bit. Understand that the Holy Spirit was always moving. Well, the, the character, main character of the Holy Spirit is that it moves. Genesis 1 and 2, the Holy Spirit is moving. It moved upon the waters. The Holy Spirit does not move like a pond, like a swamp. It moves like a river. Amen? 
And so we know that the earth was without form and void. The darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, everyone say moved. That is what God is good with. He's not good with people sitting, parked, sitting like a bump on a pickle. He's not okay with you just sitting down and say, well, if God wants to do it, he'll get to it. No, God wants to, God would rather direct you if you take a misstep. He'd rather direct you back if you're moving than get you moving. Do you understand that? He doesn't want this. Well, I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. I hope sooner or later God moves on my behalf. He would rather have you making small mistakes and recorrecting. Did you know that when they send something to the moon, when they originally sent the astronauts to the moon, they had to make corrections all the way to the moon. They made it to the moon, but in order for them to get there, it took correction after correction. And if they didn't do the correction, they would have missed the moon by thousands of miles. Do you understand that? That God is also the same God that has your destiny. He has predestined. In other words, what you do in the, in the moment before the prepare, as sets up your destiny. So as you're moving, your preparation is to say, I'm always going to be moving toward God. And no matter which way you get off a little bit, he'll push you back. And if you get off, a little, he'll push you back. He keeps moving you into his perfect will like we talked about last week. But I thank God for that miracle power that speaks to me and bumps me over and gets me back in. He's always had his own lane change correction, amen? That we didn't think of that and put it in cars today. God's always had it. When you get out of your lane, he just goes, there you go. Get back in your lane. <laughs> there you go. There's a little godly correction because God is all about motion. And if you're moving, he will honor that. Yes. You will get out of this service what you want to get out of it. You will get out of your walk with God what you want to get out of it. You will get out of this living word of God what you want to get out of it. If you desire to be nourished by it, you will spend time in it. You see, it's a matter of value. What you value is what you get from it. And so we see in Scripture that there is the passage in Mark chapter 6 that sets all this into text. And that is that Jesus is not obligated. Hear me carefully. Need does not mean that God will respond. Faith is what God responds to. Are you okay with me there? You would agree with that. Or else, why do you have needs in your life that God hasn't answered already? If he knows what we have need of before we even ask, why hasn't God answered that before you prayed the prayer? Because God responds to faith. And God responds to you making room for his miracles to work in your life. If you've made no room for him, don't expect there to be blessing. Amen? You have to make room for God. Because he's a moving God. He honors when you make a move. Just know that need does not mean God is obligated. Hear me carefully on that. He is looking for folks that are bothered by it. If it doesn't bother you, not going to bother God. He'll work. He'll work in your situation if it bothers you, though. If it is something that is absolutely absolutely a thorn in your side you can pray and you can seek God and he'll move on your behalf in that situation but he's making miracle power available but it will walk right past you if you don't make it matter to you is this okay today I had a whole nother sermon prepared Reese and about 10 o'clock last night I texted my wife she was downstairs I'm like oh, hold up stop everything 
Apparently, there's going to be somebody in service today that needs to hear this that wasn't going to be here. One of you was not going to be here today, and you are here today, and God changed my entire sermon just for you. That's what happens. That It does happen. It really does. And I believe that's you. But let me prove it to you. In Mark chapter 6, if you go there, if you have your Bible. Yes, sir. Preacher's got to get there first. Is it up? Mark chapter 6. My brother's faster on the draw. Don't get in a Bible sword drill with him. He will win. And he could there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Is that Mark 6, 5? Let's, let's grab, let's go down a little bit further where Jesus walks on the water. Let's go to verse 45. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that the disciples get back into the boat and head across. Now he'd feed the multitude He had fed the multitude. They said it was probably 200 denarius worth of food. There was no way they had that kind of money because a denarian was one day's wage. They needed 200 200 days wages to feed the food that were at the the feeding of the 5,000. And they said, the disciples said, there's no way. But they had a miracle happen. Jesus blessed and broke it, gave it to the disciples. The disciples broke it and gave it to the people. There's a principle of leadership. You get your network. Never mind. That's not even in my notes. I should stop right there. In other words, get a network of leaders around you. Break what God has given to you and give it to them and have them break and give it to those that they serve. That is the pattern. So what he's happening here is they have 12 baskets in this boat of a miracle that's already happened. They're literally in a storm looking at oceans. That These are, these are men that know water and know fishing, and they are distraught, and they could turn around and look at 12 baskets of food that should not have been purchased. It should have taken 200 days of, of money, 200 days worth of work to buy what was left, and there was leftovers in the basket. They should have looked at the basket and said, if he can do that, he can calm these seas. If he can do that, he can bring us out. But they were worried. They were nervous. Can I tell you that Jesus can come walking on what's worrying you? Can I tell you Jesus can come walking on what's trying to destroy you? Hear me carefully. Whatever you're worried about right now may be the very thing that Jesus walks in on. Oh my goodness, that's a good word. I will take that home and watch it again myself. The very thing that is trying to sink you and overwhelm you is the thing that God may use to walk in on and miracles can happen if you make it matter, if you make that moment important, if you understand I am distressed, but Jesus can use this to walk in my storm. Amen, somebody. Okay, I'll stop yelling. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills himself to pray. That's Jesus going to pray. If Jesus needs to go to pray, you need to go to pray. If Jesus has to have prayer time, you need prayer time. <laughs> Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land, and he saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind. The wind rowing. As hard as they can. Rowing. Rowing. As hard as they can to survive. And Jesus sees this, Tasha. He does nothing. Why is it that the God we serve can see things and wait for us? You have not because you ask not. 
We understand that there is a working together with God. And that when we are in a situation, we need to call on the Lord. Amen. So they're rowing as hard as they can. Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them. Do you see it? See it in the scripture. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed them by. Why? What is the point? The point is God is waiting on you to make miracle power matter in your life. God is waiting on you to say, no matter how distracted I am, no matter how distressed I am, no matter how difficult this circumstance is or how bad it looks, I am going to still give room for God to do miracles in this moment. I still want to give God space. I don't want to be overcome with emotion. I don't want to be too fogged out in my own distress that I don't stop and pull back and give God some room for him to do the miraculous. We so quickly forget what God is capable of doing when we get in trouble. We so quickly as human beings, we forget what God is able to do. And if you just remember this one word, give God room to work. Give God room to do something in your life. Make miracle power matter in that moment when you have distress. Jesus saw the disciples in the storm. He came. He's able to make the wind cease. Amen. First of all, please understand that he does not try to calm the waters. He does not deal with the rocking boat. He deals with the source of all of those symptoms. Do you understand what I mean? When Jesus comes into your life, he goes to the root of your problems, and he answers what's causing all of the other symptoms. And he says, I will deal with the wind, which is causing the boat to rock and the waves to be made. And he deals with that directly. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him, they cried out. Everybody say, for crying out loud. I should have called this sermon for crying out loud. (laughs) He heard them. But notice what happens. Why didn't Jesus just say, peace be still, while he was standing on the water? He saw their distress. He saw the boat taking on water. He saw the things that were going on. He knew they were in trouble. Why didn't he just say, when they cried out, that's the instant. Why didn't they just, he just go, peace be still, and then climb on into the boat? He climbed into a rocking boat. A bad situation. Oh, hallelujah. He'll get into your bad situation, and he will take care of it for you. He waited till he was in the boat to say, peace be still, because he wanted to know if they would make room for him. Come into my situation. Handle it. Oh, he could take care of it with a word. He could take care of it while he's standing on rocky seas. But he came in to calm them and then to calm the seas. He comes in to calm you, and then he touches your situation. He steps in by the baptism of the Holy Ghost to put it in you before it manifests outwardly around you. In other words, you have to understand that the Holy Ghost is moving, yes, but when you make room inside your life for the Holy Ghost to be present, he will then come in, and he'll touch you first. He said, do not fear. I am with you. And when he said, I am with you, you 
go studying your own Bible and it links back to Exodus 3 and verse 14. That same statement he makes in the Greek is also linked to the Hebrew statement in Exodus 3 and 14 where Moses said, who do I tell them sent me when I come to bring the people out of Egypt? And the bush, the angel in representation in the bush says, tell them I am that I am sent you. Jesus on this rocky seas steps into their boat and says, do not fear, I am here. In other words, he says, Yahweh is here. Jesus is God in flesh, amen? He steps into your situation and says, I am Yahweh in this moment. Do you need something from me? I can do anything because I am God and God can do anything. So in Exodus chapter three, that same statement is made. I am who I am. In other words, it means I will be whatever I need to be. I know people like to be progressive, but God is more progressive than anything else on this planet. He said, I can be whatever I need to be whenever I need to be it. I, if it's against the laws of physics, I can do it. If it means that I'm going to be more buoyant than water, I'll walk on it. He says, I can do whatever I need to do to rescue you. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today, brothers and sisters? Jesus said, I am God, and I can get it done. And so he steps into their boat. He calms the storm. But he would have walked by had they not made miracle power matter. I think that the, the, the fullness of and beauty of that moment is that he says in Exodus 3 a very powerful thing. In verse 14, he's, he's where he replied to Moses, I am who I am. That links back from that story in Mark 6. But in that verse 50, if you give it to me, Exodus 3, verse 50, it's beautiful. And God said, whoever, whosoever, God said, moreover, unto Moses. I just make up words sometimes when I'm reading. I don't know what that is. My brain just like, it's weird. And God said, moreover, unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The messed up one is on the end, amen? The God of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Go to the, the next verse. I believe it's in, thought it was in 15. It says, go ye therefore, go and gather elders of Israel together and say unto them, the Lord God, your fathers, God of Abraham. I say, yeah, it's in there. But my translation is, yeah, thank you, brother. He says, I am. Go back to verse 14 for me. It's really hard for me to see the numbers in my Bible. God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thou shalt, thou shalt. Uh, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, I am hath sent you unto me. That word I am right there is Yahweh. The tetragrammatron meaning God or Jehovah. In other words, Jesus, when he said, I am here to his disciples, he was saying, I am Jehovah in this moment. And when you make miracle power matter, you give God the opportunity to be who he is, Jehovah in the moment. 
God in the moment, amen? Eternal in time. Thank you, Jesus, for, for touching me. He moves in my faith, and if you give him room, he's not obligated to do anything, but he will do it because of your faith, amen? The raw materials of the miracle, obviously, is that they valued him. They desired him. They were in desperation. But can you imagine, it says the wind ceased. That means, in, in the original translation, it means it stopped entirely. It just stopped. Can you imagine rowing, and all of a sudden it stops? You ever had one of those moments where you miss a step, and you're going down, you think you have one more step? You ever done that? Anybody in here? You're walking, and you got one more step, and you go, do one of those? It's kind of the same thing. They're rowing. Suddenly, everything just stops. They're working so hard to survive, and suddenly, because they made room for a miracle, they don't have to strive anymore. I want you to know that whatever you're working to survive, if you will just release it into God's hands, there will be a sudden release of work for you. You will not have to work so hard to get into your prayer time. You will not have to work so hard to get into a place where you feel God again. You will not have to do so much effort just to survive, God will help you. And so, what's our response? We have to cry out. We have to put a, a praise phrase. We have to put a praise phrase in your mouth. Amen? It doesn't matter. Pastor, that I come to church, well, we are the church, so you can do this anywhere. But understand that what you value and what you desire are the raw materials of miracles. And if you value being in God's presence, you've made room. And if God's presence is here in a service, you should be here to make room for miracle power. That's how you make miracle power, power matter. I know it's not easy getting the kids up. I know it's difficult sometimes being here midweek. I know all of that. I do. Believe me, I, I have to do it too. But I want you to know that every prayer you pray matters. Every moment in God matters. It's scheduled in heaven and there are blessings that come down for it why why does it recognize why do why does recognizing god potential in every moment matter because miracle moments change your direction miracle hear me i'm just going to read this we'll be done miracle moments put something in you that grows in your life miracle moments heal your body and mind miracle moments puts divine purpose inside of you and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water that spirit that comes inside you manifests in you and then pushes out and changes your life miracle moments can save your soul miracle moments can reverse curses of generation and satan amen miracle moments if you make room for them hear us O lord and do it i pray that each one of us has the ability today to say that I'm always going to make room for a miracle. Would you stand with me? Jesus, we need you in this moment. This is a Sunday that is just going to be on the calendar if we don't make room for miracle power in our life. I want to make it matter, Jesus. I want to make it more important than anything else. 
It is the power that changes me. It is the power that turns my life around. It's the power that, that makes me not look back at the last 20 years of my life and call them, those are the good old days. But you have more in front of us than has been behind us. You have better in front of us than has been behind us. I know there are people that are just waiting on a hearse to come pick them up because they feel like their life is not going to mean much anymore. But there is something that can intersect somebody's life that's called the power of God. And when he steps in, you make life better. You have the best in front of us. And so I'm believing right now that you sow into somebody's life, Lord, miracle power, and they make room. Let them welcome you in the boat of their turmoil. Let them welcome you into their life somehow. God, let them open their heart and say, I choose you, Jesus, right now in this moment. Even as we hear the word preached, maybe there would be somebody that would say, I don't care what's coming next. I know there's something at home cooking or I know I know we were going to go out but I wonder if someone would come to an altar and just take a moment and say God if it's this moment I'll make it matter if you'll just release miracle power in my life yes I'm going to be there yes I'm going to show up Jesus yes I'm going to be present when the miracles come in yes Lord I'm going to sow into this moment so that you would see me here and you would respond to me, Lord God. Lord, change my purpose. Change my moment. Change my mind and body. Change and heal, deliver. Whatever you want to do, I know you're able. Be Jehovah in this moment. I am here. I am is here. I am is here. He is here right now. Lift up your voice and worship him. I've done my best to preach us to a moment where we offer ourselves. I've done my best to preach us to a moment where we, we, we take a, a carving of our time and we say, God, if you're going to do miracles, do it in my life. If you're going to heal my heart, heal mine. If you're going to heal my life, heal mine, God. It's okay to take a moment of selfishness in his presence right now. Say, Lord, I want it in my life. I want it in my family. I want it in everything that I see. I'm going to make miracle power matter to me more than anything else. I'm going to value it. I'm going to give my time and my attention to it. Come on, take a moment. If you need to leave, I understand. God bless you. Go in the fear and the blessing of the Lord. But take a minute in the presence of the Lord and tell him with your time that you're going to make miracle power matter. Come on, where's, where's somebody building a room for Jesus? Make room for Jesus right now. Make room for Jesus right now. Make room for Jesus right now. Make room for Jesus. He can do anything. He can do anything. He can do anything. your hands in this place. Evidence is Here, Jesus, we make room for you. It's all 
around. Come on, reach out to him right now. He can do what you cannot. He is here. 